arts news from around the area. Welcome to the Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, promoting and supporting the arts, arts organizations, and artists throughout Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. Well, good morning and welcome to Creative Cafe. I'm here this morning with Eric Oliphant, our membership director and operations manager for the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, and he has two guests with him, Brian Zucker, who works for KRISA, and DeWandra Lampkin, who is an area artist and educator. Good morning to everybody. Morning, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. I'm really happy to uh, be talking about my favorite program, Artist Happy Hour, this morning. Our first one of 2024 is Artist Happy Hour Job Fair, Performers, Educators, Creators. It's on Sunday, February 11th, 2024 at 2 p.m. We are meeting at Bell's Adventure Cafe in their back room. Um, this is a huge collaboration between the Arts Council and Kalamazoo Risa's Education for the Arts, and then a bunch of local arts and education organizations as well. We are all interested in recruiting, training, and sustaining artists in Kalamazoo. So we're going to host a panel discussion with Wanda Nicole Lampkin. Marissa Bianan and Nicholas Jeffrey about their path to becoming working artists as educators, gig workers, and performers. After that panel, then the attendees will begin networking with dozens of local organizations actively hiring for various roles in a job fair. It's very cool. So uh, I'm going to start with Brian as my first guest this morning. And our traditional Creative Cafe question is, Brian, what's your favorite morning beverage? Just straight up coffee. Nothing, nothing added. Simple black coffee, like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about Education for the Arts? It's a program of Kalamazoo Risa, which I think many people are familiar with, but tell us about Education for the Arts. Absolutely. Um, Education for the Arts, or some people know us as EFA, we're a countywide program that works with all the school districts in Kalamazoo County. And you can really think of us in, in three different pockets. One, we do uh, arts high school classes. We work with the local districts so that we don't uh, duplicate classes. So, for example, nobody has a musical theater class that's just specifically for those triple threat actor, dancer, uh, and singers. And so we do that. Uh, we also partner with uh, arts organizations so that we can be in, in real arts uh uh, facilities, and for example, we work with the KIA, so students there have opportunities to work with things that they couldn't do in their schools. And then we do a lot of work in K-8 and special and alternative ed with our artist residencies and field trip programs. And the third kind of leg of, of what we do is uh, the Irving S. Gilmore Foundation has given us money to regrant, and so we've got uh, money for young people, uh, kindergarten through 11th grade, to get scholarships for arts camps and art lessons and artistic equipment, and also for teachers to get programming into their schools and for their own artistic development. Very good, very good. So you keep them busy is what you're saying with all aspects of the Kalamazoo education. We We try to see if we can get, you know, the arts to every single student in Kalamazoo County. Yep. Fantastic. So um, according to Eric Booth's book, Making Change, and I believe um, you described him as uh, sort of the godfather of 
teaching artist, which is something mm-hmm. we're going to get into in a moment. Um, a teach, according to Eric Booth, this is a quote, a teaching artist's purpose is to awaken the artistry of the participants. Can you expand on this idea distinguishing art teachers versus teaching artists? Well, I mean, an art teacher, I mean, in our school systems, one, I mean, needs to, to be certified, and it's generally a full-time job. And and mainly, you know, when, when teachers are teaching traditionally, they're looking at, you know, teaching, you know, various technical aspects of something. So, for example, uh, Eric Booth, uh, uh, I've seen him do this, where, you know, he talks about how a teacher who is teaching Shakespeare sonnets might really work... Uh, the technical aspects of iambic pentameter and things like that. Whereas a teaching artist may go in and just go, you know, what's the flavor of that rhythm? How do you create that rhythm in real life? How do you, how does that rhythm propel, you know, the emotion of this piece? And so um, that's, that's sort of one of the differences between uh, a teacher and a teaching artist. And I'm not saying a teacher wouldn't, you know, go into those aspects as well. But the teaching artist is really getting the, the student to really think more about their own creative voice and, and how they can propel that. Very good. Um, in this event description, I used your words, recruiting, training, and sustaining artists. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, the third part of the school? How do we sustain careers in the arts and calendar booth? Oh, absolutely. I think it's something that collectively we're, we're working on. Um, part of sustaining is a lot of the jobs that uh, the organizations have in Kalamazoo County, including EFA, uh, for teaching artists and, and, and creatives in community, um, are gig-based or, or part-time. And I think collectively we're trying to look at how can we work collectively to piece together, either piece together uh, several part-time jobs and gigs for, for a teaching artist to create a full-time job, um, and also collectively, you know, how do we look at those kind of things like, like benefits and, and things that are really going to sustain someone, you know, for a long period of time as a career? Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Um, I'll come back to you in just a second here in our second segment, but I want to bring in uh, one of our panelists, uh, Dwandra Nicole Lampkin. And I want to ask Dwandra, what is your favorite morning beverage? Well, I would say in the rare occasion that I do have a morning beverage, because I really don't, um, it's probably a hot tea, caffeine-free hot tea with a little bit of lemon and honey in it. Very good. Love yeah. it. All right. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your upbringing? Um, where did the performing itch come from? And then was the te- being a teacher ever part of your plan? And when did the writing part come into your performing career? Uh, well, to start off, I was born and raised in Saginaw, Michigan, and if you were to ask anyone in my immediate family if I would ever end up being an artist, they would say, no way. Um, <laughs> I was a painfully shy child, so we are all amused at the fact that I've become a theater artist, so I, I cannot say how that happened. I will say, though, that I think that itch probably came when I was about five years old. My parents took me to the theater to see a production of A Raisin in the Sun. I remember it very vividly. We were in the very front row, and I think I was in absolute awe uh, in terms of what I was witnessing in front of me. 
I think at five years old, I probably didn't know what it was, but whatever it was, it absolutely had an impact on me. So I think that's probably the moment um, that uh, it sort of hit me. Uh, and to answer the other question, was teaching ever a part of the plan? No way, no way, and no way. Uh, I, I had absolutely no plan to become a teacher. It is so fascinating to me the way events happen in one's life where the unexpected um, gets dropped into your lap and you either say, I'm going to jump on it, or you say, no way, that makes no sense. I happen to say, okay, I guess, let me, let me do whatever this is, but I have no idea what any of it means. And now 20 years later, um, I'm still teaching. Very, Very fascinating. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you end up at WMU and in Kalamazoo? I uh, was teaching at another university, Ball State University in Indiana, and I got a call from my predecessor. I actually went to Western for my undergrad degree, um, and my predecessor called and told me that he would be retiring soon, and he said, if you're interested the position is open, you may want to apply for it and see what happens. Um, and at first I said, no, thank you. I don't want to come back to Kalamazoo. Uh, but then something shifted in me and I applied and here I am 10 years nice. later. Yeah. We're glad you're here. <laughs> thank you. I, I, thank you. I do want, I do want to shout out. So, um, you have a one person play called the conviction of lady Lorraine and a little quote that I read in an article about it is, it's important who tells the story. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about your performing work and your work at Farmer's Alley Theater and uh, why it's important who tells the story and maybe even, you know, whoever told that story when you were five and you got inspired, maybe that has a lot to do with it. Mm. Yeah, I think it was something about me as a little girl watching uh, human beings tell stories, right? This idea that we get the opportunity to walk in other people's shoes. We get to represent other people as artists, right? We have their story in our hands. And that quote from our one woman show, it, it's important who tells the stories because, I mean, like any artist, right? You have visual artists that paint with different colors and different strokes and different types of paint. You have vocalists who sing different notes. I think as theater artists, we represent an array of different stories I think it's important that we have the voices of many people. Uh, otherwise, we only have singular, one-dimensional stories being told. So when it comes to those important stories that are being told, I think it is important who tells it. Because when people are watching us visually, they want sometimes to be able to not only connect to what they see, but what they hear um, coming out of the mouths of the people telling the story. So. Um, I think that's, that's where my sort of, uh, intention is with that quote. Let me, what, what else did you ask? I'm so sorry. I got lost in that response. That's okay. Um, it was perfect and beautiful and we have to take a short break and we'll be back in segment two and I'll follow up with you just on that spot. Okay. Okay. Thank you. 
Kalamazoo is rich in arts and culture. Our commercial, educational, and creative economies thrive when our community has spaces and places to connect and outlets for creative expression. The arts improve individual well-being, drives tourism, sparks creativity, and strengthens our bonds. The Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo encourages you to give to an arts organization of your choosing. We are better together because of the arts. Visit KalamazooArts.org to see all of the happenings in our community. That's KalamazooArts.org or on any of our social media platforms. This message is brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, proudly supporting more than 200 artists and arts organizations in our community. The Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo exists to infuse arts and culture into the commercial, educational, and creative economies of our region. You're listening to The Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. Good morning and welcome back to Creative Cafe. I'm in the studio today with Eric Oliphant, our membership director, Brian Zocker from K-Risa or Kalamazoo Risa, and Dewandra Lampkin, a professor up at uh, WMU and area artist. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. So we were just talking about it's important to uh, who tells the story with Delandra. And I kind of want to dive in a little bit to a preview of our panel discussion. Artist Happy Hour, uh, the event is primarily a networking event. We host it so that artists can meet not only each other, but uh, organizations and colleagues and friends and mentors. How important was it to each of you to ne- to have a network of those types of people when you landed in your careers? maybe early on or as they are now. I know, Dewandra, you mentioned somebody recommended that you take this job. So if you had not known them, would you even have known about the position, for instance? No, I would say not at all. I I think it's so huge. It's fascinating to me that every single opportunity that you have in your entire lifetime can come back 20 years later, right? I tell my students all the time, you are forming your reputation right now as students because understand that your classmate now could be the artistic director of a theater 20 years from now, and they will remember you. So for me, absolutely, all of those connections uh, are super important and remain important, I think, from this point on for the rest of our lives. I I mean, Dewandra said it uh, perfectly. Uh, I just want to kind of backtrack to a point that she made earlier in the earlier segment. And I was the same way. I did not want to go into any kind of teaching or education. I wanted to be that pure, pure theater artist. And what I just want to say is part of this networking is, and and Rwanda also said it, is like be open to opportunities. Mm -hmm. Even if you think you never, ever want to teach, uh, you know, come to this networking opportunity uh, because it's much more and it's different than you ever think. And, I think all the organizations have the ability for you to just kind of dip your toe in and we're not going to let you dip your toe in by yourself. I mean, we're going to train you and we're going to give you what you need to be successful. Um, so, so I think, yeah, the more artists, I mean, and people in general network, uh, the more you have connection, the more, more, you know, time will, time expands and, and contracts when opportunities come, come to you. Well said. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Brian. Um, Blondra, I want to ask specifically, so if you did not choose to um, add teaching into your career, 
Do you think it'd be sustainable in Kalamazoo based on being a theater artist, actress, um, or just like the location of being in Kalamazoo? I know you have a show coming up, uh, the Skeleton Crew. Is there enough work uh, available for you for that to be a full-time gig here? No, absolutely not. Unfortunate. I mean, it's fortunate and unfortunate, but I'm a part of the actors union. So I'm already limited in terms of what kind of theater I can do. If it's not connected to being a union job, then I can't take it. And there's not a lot of union work in Kalamazoo. So no, I would not be able to sustain it alone here in Kalamazoo. And Brian, you mentioned it earlier. Um, about sustaining, kind of connecting multiple part-time gigs. Um, obviously, all of us, including myself, uh, working for the Arts Council, we have a, a, a little bit of performing and a little bit of other stuff. And I think that's a big part of uh, the sustaining part of your goal uh, with the EFA, correct? Absolutely. And I think, you know, in some ways, you know, if, if you're a person who has a partner that uh, has benefits and you can access those benefits, there may be enough work here if you really work hard and piece piece together things. But I think, you know, right now, like DeWandra said, it's, it's difficult for someone who wants to make uh, uh, a, a full-time living, you know, and a sustainable full-time living to do that right now. And that, and that's, those are the kind of questions and things that we're working towards collectively to see if we can overcome that. Very good. Um, as younger emerging artists, out of school, did either of you have an opportunity like an artist job fair? Um, in addition to hearing more of this conversation, and Brian kind of mentioned it earlier, why should people attend? Well, um, I, I didn't necessarily a job fair, but I was one of those artists that was really looking out for grant opportunities and, and any opportunity that I could have towards towards doing a project and, and making a living doing that. Um, and so I I once again, I would just encourage everyone, even if you think that you've never, uh, you've never wanted to teach, or, you know, or you've never wanted to share your talents, come to this and just listen to the stories and hear how many of us thought the same way as you did. Um, and I'll very quickly add, and I don't know if the Wanderer remembers this, but I may, I may have been a part of her first uh, professional gig as a theater artist when she was at Western Michigan University because I was with the Mad Hatters and Demandra and Elsie Granderson did, uh, I think, one project with us before she went off to grad school. Oh, my goodness. That (laughs) is wild. I cannot wait to chat with you more. (laughs) (laughs) See, these relationships come back years and years later, right? Yes. Very good. Well, we are we are unbelievably out of time, which is fine to end on a little bit of a cliffhanger because we're continuing the conversation on Sunday, February 11th. That is Super Bowl Sunday. So um, it, we start at 2 p.m. The doors open at 1.30 at Bell's Eccentric Cafe. Um, we, uh, we're going to do 45 minutes of a panel discussion with Wandra and then uh, also Marissa Biannon and Nicholas Jeffrey, who you heard from last week on the Creative Cafe. And then after that, we're going to open it up to a job fair. You're going to meet lots of arts organizations that are actively hiring in all types of roles. There'll be free food and the bar will be open. So if you want a pregame for that Super Bowl party, come on down. It's free. And I do want you to register so that we know how many people to expect. And you can do so by visiting KalamazooArts.org. 
thank you so much for uh, being on the Creative Cafe this morning, both Wandra and Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Looking forward to seeing you again, Wandra. Absolutely, Ryan. Thanks for taking the time this morning to join us at the Creative Cafe. February is Black History Month. African Americans have been an integral part of shaping the arts in America for centuries. From Augusta Savage to Kehinde Wiley, Louis Armstrong to Lizzo, and Langston Hughes to Susan Laurie Parks, the African American arts landscape is vast and diverse, poignant and beautiful. The Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo encourages everyone to celebrate the accomplishments of African American artists who have influenced and inspired so much of America. America's art evolution. Now you know. Please join us next week for another installment of the Creative Cafe. And until then, enjoy all that creative expression has to offer. This message is proudly brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Find out all that's happening in the local arts community at kalamazooarts.org or on any of our social media platforms.